Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the Early Retirement Vlog. My name is Ray Taylor, and this is the podcast where I update everybody that gives a shit on what I'm up to, what I'm doing, and the lifestyle of somebody who gave up a life of day jobs and management and companies that literally don't give a fuck about you or your life or your livelihood uh, to... Go out on his own and become the man he knows he can be and support himself financially on the gifts and abilities and talents that he's developed and grown over his life. That's what I'm doing. Uh, last episode, I was sick. This episode, I'm still a little sick. Slowly, slowly getting better. Um, come to the conclusion that it was more of an allergy thing. Uh, allergy problems uh, that ended up getting into my lungs. So every time the seasons change, you know, usually in fall, I'll get sick. And usually it starts with, sometimes I just wake up sick, like it'll just be, you know, my throat coated with uh, the the pre-nasal drip or post-nasal drip. I don't remember, is it pre or post? Um, but where your snot goes back into your throat while you're sleeping, generally. And then uh, I wake up, and then there's a bunch of shit in my chest. And then I end up getting sick. I end up getting, like, bronchitis or some shit. Um, so, you know, this this holiday season, not this holiday season, but this year, uh, during fall, I ended up getting sick. I woke up, um, you know, kind of started off slow. You know, just kind of getting, at first I thought it was just allergies, and then it got worse and got worse, and, you know, I it got into my chest, and I didn't feel it right away because I wasn't really hacking anything up, and I was taking, you know, expectorant, I was taking, you know, mucinex and all that stuff that's supposed to help loosen up everything in your chest, but um, it, it wasn't really doing much until, you know, then until like a few days later and then it started getting worse and now i and then i had like just a i've had like a shitty horrible cough all week uh but luckily it's diminished a bit because i've been in desperate need to make money moving from denver uh i moved from denver because i wasn't able to afford to live out there anymore uh my income versus versus my my incoming uh, finances versus outgoing finances uh, were f very off balance, very uh, lopsided. So I uh, came back to home base uh, to live with a friend that's letting me uh, stay there, uh, stay on a couch. Well, not I'm not on a couch, but stay in an extra, basically sleep in her office uh, and allowing me to get back on my feet. So after the move and after kind of getting settled and getting started with, 
you know, getting my projects going back again, like this podcast, getting uh, starting the uh, Raylo's Movies podcast, uh, which is just where I go watch a movie and then talk about it. Um, so starting both of those, getting the uh, the Many Faces, which is my ongoing ink on paper porch, uh, abstract portrait series, getting that going again. I release a new piece of art every day on my Instagram account, at Ray Taylor. Uh, so getting kind of those things going again, and then also, you know, spending time trying to find work. Uh, and then finally... Uh, finding uh applying and then getting getting approved to work uh driving for lyft and uber which the stickers i forgot to cover those up uh behind me but i'm driving for both uber and lyft in the desert which uh is definitely something new i've done the uber eats before i've talked about this on on here uh but definitely driving people around is a different experience uh the it's pretty it's easier it's easier and it makes more money than driving food because um, a lot more opportunity to make money. And, uh, you know, I don't have to get out of the car to, you know, take something from my van to the uh, or going into a restaurant. I mean, parking is is like I don't have to worry about parking most of the time. Like the big problem, the big difference between doing like the delivery like Uber Eats and Uber you know, they, the app's pretty much the same. What you're doing is pretty much the same. Like, I'll get a notification. You know, with Uber Eats, it's like, okay, I'm going to this restaurant to pick up this order. Um, but the big difference is when I go pick up a person, I just go, whether it's a house or whatever, I go and I just kind of sit in my van and I wait for them to come to me. Uh, with Uber Eats or any of those others, I have to go to a restaurant. Depending on the, re like, I have to find parking which depending on the restaurant, not all places have parking. When I, and I was doing uh, Uber Eats in Denver. So when you're downtown and things like that, parking is a bitch. Um, so that was a huge thing. And then are there really cops on bikes patrolling the, the uh, parking lot right now? That's hilarious. Um, so... Like, every time I record, there's a fucking cop. I see a cops. Um, so it's a big difference. And then when I drop it off, I don't have to find uh, the right house. Usually there's somebody in there with me. Uh, but, uh, you know, or, like, apartment complexes. That was one thing, especially in Denver. There's a lot of, like, housing developments and stuff like that where you go into a development, and it's just, like, you know, these buildings with like all kinds of units within the building and like trying to find you know all that shit so way easier way easier doing that um and being the time of year it is in the desert where uh there's a lot of tourists it's the winter time so it's cooler and uh and um you know a lot of people are in from out of town it's uh it's really, it's been pretty, pretty easy. So that's what I've been doing to make money, you know, just to kind of pay bills. Um, in addition to the design work and the other things I'm bringing money and doing. Um, but this is definitely more regular and uh, a bigger amount of money um, that I'm able to do. So I've started to do both of those. 
Um, and you do get to meet like interesting people for sure. Like, uh, you know, for instance, I learned that a uh, parents, uh, order Lyft to, uh, pick up their kids after school and take them home. I've done that a few times. Um, then I've also picked up, you know, there's people that, you know, want to hire, hire you off the clock. Um, that way they're paying you directly, uh, not going through the app, uh, which I've done that. Uh, it was actually picked up a male escort and uh, was driving him around to do some errands the other day. And, uh, you know, he's got my number. So he's, uh, you know, I've given my number out to a few people now. Um, so if they need a ride and I'm available, uh, which I'm not always available, uh, I'll give him a ride for, you know, just straight up cash, which is awesome, you know. So, and it's nice that I'm able to make money with my van. It's not just sitting around. And with uh, Uber and Lyft, uh, they both have the larger size. So if I, because I can hold up to six passengers, um, I can do, uh, it's Uber XL or Lyft Plus, uh, which I end up getting paid more for. So I've done a few of those. And then, you know, which is probably the, the only times I've ever had this van full of people. Usually I don't, I'm not a big fan of driving in general. Um, but when it comes to driving for work and especially driving around the valley, like everything is so spread out here. The streets are super wide. The uh, speed limits are, are almost what, you know, freeway speed limits are in most other places, but just side streets. Like, it's pretty regularly 45, 50, 55 miles an hour in a lot of these side streets. Um, so you can kind of get around. The only thing is gas because, you know, I am driving a minivan. It does suck the gas. Um, but I've been paying a lot of attention this last week since I started driving and trying to figure out everything, trying to break down, like, a very solid budget um, just because I need to make sure I'm on top of everything um, with... Uh, with my money since I'm almost out of it very close to being out of it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been working on <clears throat> this past week, just still getting, still getting over the cold, but a, a lot of it was, uh, driving, um, for Uber and Lyft and meeting the new people and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've also started to, I got some new paper, uh, for the many faces I got thicker paper. Um, so two things that I've done or I'm doing is that the original, I think they're 9 by 12 the many faces in 9 by 12 it was done on a thinner paper. Uh, and, you know, there's still good artwork. It's just a thinner paper. Um, I'm marking all those down to 24 25 bucks, And I'm releasing new sizes. So there's a five by eight, but then there's also six by eight, which will still be in the same section as the five by eights and the same price, even though it's a little bit larger paper. Um, but then I'm also doing four by six, four inch by six inch uh, ink on paper drawings and paintings. And those are going to be nine dollars. So that's the cheapest size that I that I have available of the many faces at inspireddisorder.com. So anywhere from $10 to $50, you can buy. There is, there, is a, there is work in that size for you. 
And I might actually start offering uh, T-shirt prints. Um, so s designs um, having uh, the option to, instead of buying the original, buying um, a shirt with that design on it. Now, because these are going to be one-offs mostly, I'm not going to get, you know, hundreds of shirts in every design, which you would have to do going through uh, a normal T-shirt printer. There's usually minimums on how many you need to order. So since I'm going to be doing one-offs, I'm going to be going through um, Zazzle, which I've done before. It's kind of a, it's one of those companies where you can upload your artwork and make custom t-shirts and you know different products with your images on it uh and i've used them before so it's going to be i'm not sure what the pricing is going to be uh for the shirts uh but it will be an option as far as uh wanting if you want to wear some of these designs on the shirts uh there'll be a t-shirt option um and the time that it's going to take to get it made and shipped to you will also uh, be much more of a delay because when I mean if you order if you order one of the the pieces um, right now uh, you know I can I, I usually ship it within a day or two uh, so you get it pretty quick uh, but with the shirts because it's one off thing and everything involved um, the the turnover time is going to be a bit more but uh, you know still not bad because you know I've ordered stuff from you know, just all kinds of places online. And it's pretty varied as far as how soon sh shit shows up. But, um, yeah, so new sizes of work, uh, which, you know, still the many faces. New work gets released every day. Um, and you can follow that on uh, my Instagram page, at uh, Ray Taylor on Instagram. Uh, haven't really seen a lot of movies, I guess. Uh, I did... You know, see Lady Bird, which I reviewed on Ray Loves Movies. Um, you know, I watched the uh, UFC 218, which was amazing. Um, I was planning on driving this past weekend all three days. Uh, but Saturday, the card was just so good that I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. So I made sure I did. I had an awesome day Friday and drove super late Friday. Uh, I also sold a t-shirt design, which is pretty, which I was happy about it as far as compared this, this, uh, through 99 design, same as the last one that I did. Um, the big difference is this client is very fast to respond as opposed to the last client that waited to the last absolute last moment to respond. Um, and then complained the one time that I didn't respond right away uh that i was a poor poor at doing what i was doing um but yeah so it's uh the shirt was uh for riptide music group don't know anything about them uh but they wanted uh you know a uh text driven design t-shirt design uh that with the the slogan um, there's music in me or there is music in me and uh, but they wanted music theme typography design and 
you know, I've seen is the first one I started to do where I started with the idea was like vinyl and then just kind of, you know, doing something with the text and like a record. But then that was kind of boring. And then I thought of the, you know, all the cassette art that's out there where you use the tape inside of cassette to do art. So I found a font that looked, you know, that was a cursive font um, that looked kind of rough, like hand drawn. And then I, you know, printed kind of placed them how I the words how I thought I would and and drew the cassette tape how I I had imagined it it was very 3d very kind of uh perspective driven and then on the cassette said riptide so they wanted the slogan there's music in me and then their their logo riptide which is just the word riptide and like impact font um I put that on the cassette and they just wanted a, a few minor changes and it was uh, it was done, and I was I was selected. It was like a contest. So ninety nine designs. Um, if you're just starting out there as a designer, you can only do contests and only certain contests because you're entry level or a newbie or whatever. Um, and then after you do a certain amount, you you kind of build uh, build your portfolio and build your notoriety there, and then you can start getting more. Uh, more work and then also people can contact you to do one-on-one stuff so the first one i did was uh one-on-one and then this one was a contest and there were two winners of the contest so i don't know how the money the contest winnings get split up i don't know if we share it or if we each get the same amount uh but either way because that drawing i got notification on friday that uh my design had won uh, that put me over my goal that I had. Like I wanted to hit a certain mark um, if I was going to take Saturday off and not drive and just watch the fights and then also, you know, pay for the fights and stuff like that. Um, and uh, it did. So I was like, fuck yeah. I took Saturday off. I watched the fights and they were amazing, man. Max Holloway, featherweight champion, beats Jose Aldo in the rematch um and this time even more decisively than the first time the first time jose aldo had a lot more success in the first two rounds um but just like the first fight max holloway uh stops him in the third and uh maintains his featherweight championship at 145 pounds in ufc uh i also watched so friday so saturday i watched i caught up on um the day before there was the ultimate fighter finale uh which the final episode of that show is always like a full fight card um so i rewatched all of those fights saturday morning uh then i went and got some food i think i went did i go get some uh did i go get some mexican food i think i went and got some uh carne asada fries at the tampico meat market in uh la quinta which is I love that place, man, as far as Mexican food. Super close. Not super close. Super close compared to everything else. Uh, it's a mile and a half away. I've walked there a few times. Uh, but I went down and got that. Got some uh, got some uh, booze. And um, enjoyed my day off. It was a nice, relaxing day off. Uh, the fights were great. Um, who else fought? I'm trying to think of. Um, there was only, that was the headlining fight. 
the Yancey Medeiros fight versus uh, Cowboy Oliveira was a ridiculous fight. Ridiculous fight. Would have been fight of the year if not for the Justin Gaethje-Eddie Alvarez fight, which was equally as good. I think they both got uh, fight of the nights. Um, so two fight of the nights were awarded. Um, we got to see Francis Ngannou, the uh, heavyweight superstar, who is just destroying motherfuckers, uh, completely flattens Alistair Overeem early in the first round with an uppercut from hell. Um, it was a fucking great card, man. And and all the fights up until, like, there was only a few decisions, and, like, two of them were the Yancey Medeiros uh, uh, cowboy fight and then also the Justin Gaethje Eddie Alvarez fight, both of those were decisions, but f- amazing fights. I was so, it was like, for taking, you know, missing out on, I mean, Saturdays are huge days if I'm going to be driving for Uber and Lyft. Um, considering I took off a day that would have made me a lot of money, it was, I'm glad that the fights turned out as amazing as they did. Um, and I was super stoked about that, so. That's what I did Friday. You know, in the earlier in the week, it was pretty much just kind of uh, getting used to driving, getting used to, uh, you know, just uh, all that shit, I guess. You know, mostly started during the day and then, um, you know, started driving a lot at night. It gets dark around four here. So one, that means I have to record uh, this show, the early retirement vlog as well as uh, Raylo's movies. I have to do those earlier in the day, um, which is fine because I wake up early, but, you know, I have to go see a matinee and then kind of do this. Because at 4 o'clock, it starts getting dark already. And that's just, you know, the season, you know, where it's wintertime. That's what happens in wintertime. It gets dark sooner. Uh, so I've been doing a lot more driving at night, and it's been pretty nice so far. Haven't had any problems drove around a bunch of drunk people almost had somebody throw up in my car on friday um and that was not going far at all i was going you know like a mile and a half from this bar this club to uh the place these guys were staying and one of them i could tell was just wasted and uh right as we're pulling out he's like he first off he asked if my my back window rolls down um, which it doesn't the only the front two and then these back ones crack um, which I you know I already knew he might be an issue and then when he asked if the window rolls down I turn the air up back here to just so he gets some air on him make him feel better um, but yeah he was like as soon as there was a cop car just outside of the uh, bar so he's like just as, as after you leave this stoplight head on to the main street pull over as soon as possible because I'm gonna throw up um, so I did, and then he threw up, thankfully, outside of the van, and, uh, you know, threw up a little bit, got back in, and, like, two minutes later, I dropped him and his buddy off. No tip, by the way. Um, I definitely get a lot more tips than I did driving Uber Eats, uh, especially, um, actually, it just kind of depends. I took, one of the best tips I got was I took, uh, a group of guys, um to the airport palm springs airport which is also my first time first time uh going to the airport let alone dropping somebody off 
for whatever reason, you I can only drop people off at that airport. Uh, Uber and Lyft are not allowed to pick anybody up there. Uh, but yeah, so I dropped them off and they gave me a nice a nice tip on top of the you know long trip to the airport uh, from where they were staying. But uh, it's pretty cool just driving around the valley again because I haven't been here for 15 years. I grew up out here, but it's been 15 years, 13 in San Diego, two in Denver. Um, so I'm driving around all these places and into a lot of places that I've never gone into. Because one of the things in the desert, if you've never been here, is that there's a lot of gated communities. So like just giant communities with, you know, big six to 10 foot walls surrounding them with gates and guards watching the gates. Um so kind of getting in and driving into all these different uh, gated communities is kind of interesting. And, uh, yeah, kind of interesting just to, just to over, over here and listen to people as they talk. Um, I haven't had to. I'm not one of my biggest kind of concerns. I mean, there's a few concerns. But one of my concerns was just, like, people expecting me to be chatty, uh, which I'm not a chatty person. I don't like small talk. I don't like that shit. Um, so I was kind of worried that might be it. And there's been people that ask me questions or that want to talk to me. I'm definitely a good listener. If somebody wants to talk to me and, you know, open, open up their, uh, you know, just open up and just let it all out. Uh, you know, people do that for some reason around me. Um, and then also, you know, a lot of the times I'm taking multiple people and they'll just talk to themselves, which is nice. Uh, cause I don't want to have to like entertain people while I'm uh while I'm driving I'd rather just focus on driving get them to where they go and uh hopefully they give me five stars and a nice tip but yeah so that's that's kind of been my week especially you know getting over getting over the cold um I did write down a bunch of stuff in my booklet which I totally forgot uh coming out to record and I didn't feel like driving all the way back home to pick it up to come back out here because I was doing running errands uh, and I thought you know I was fuck it I'll just go off the top of my head I think I know most of the stuff I was going to talk about and anything I didn't oh there is one thing in my last episode I was very you know, I was still sick hadn't been sleeping a lot very angry very angry person um, on top of just the annoyance of of dealing with it but and I <clears throat> and I was dealing with, you know, what I had called a troll, which I don't know how much of a troll they were. It's just, I don't even know if it was the person I thought it was, but, you know, anybody that I don't know, I haven't had a conversation with, and they have a name on Twitter that's a generic name of a fanboy or fangirl of a group of people that have already caused me a bunch of shit. Um, I just assume you're with them. Uh, so, yeah. So, and I kind of described Death Squad. You know, that's the kind of the name the dude had. And, uh, you know, the how Death Squad was originally a name given to Joe Rogan and his friends. And then later got, you know, taken to be called uh, a, a podcast network um, and a community of, of comedians. And then the fans uh, took it upon themselves to be called Death Squad as well. And they labeled themselves Death Squad. And a lot of those people had become fans of mine. 
for a very short time. I don't know how much they were actually fans of mine or just fans of me uh, promoting their shit for free. Because, you know, when I was doing the earlier, uh, uh, the, the Inspired Disorder Collective, and I was, you know, started my own podcast network in a way, um, a lot of those people were from the Death Squad community, uh, you know, and it seemed like it was a community of people. Um, but, you know, definitely towards the, the days of the, the uh, elections, um, especially after the elections, um, they, the kind of, the kind of uh, family atmosphere and uh, mutual respect given um, was very absent from a lot of the people that um, were obsessed with uh, labeling themselves as a death squad person. Um, and because of that, it's just like, I don't, it's a bad taste in my mouth. I don't, you know, being an asshole is not the same thing as being funny. Uh, and I, I saw a lot of people just being assholes. And then, uh, and then when people uh, kind of called them out on it, you know, they pretended like they did nothing wrong. So, you know, for me, I, I'm kind of over all that. You know, I'm not saying don't be a fan of what Red Band does. I'm a huge fan of all of the Death Squad shows. I'm a huge fan of all the Death Squad comedians. I am a huge not fan of the fan base that labels themselves Death Squad, which is primarily anybody that does that, aside from back in 2012 when it was like, you know, encompassed a lot of comics. Now, you know, labeling yourself Death Squad is basically you're still holding on to just being a fanboy for Red Band. And I have a ton of respect for Red Band. I don't hate, I don't, I have, you know, I, I met him once. I doubt he knows who I am or remembers me. Um, but I, despite, you know, the criticisms I've had of how he was running his podcast network, um, which inspired me to run mine a different way, uh, I still love, you know, I still have a lot of respect for him. I think he's, you know, he's very talented at what he does as far as the, you know, being able to, or what he was able to do anyway, bringing all these comics together and getting them started podcasting. Um, you know, but I don't think he's the best podcast producer. I think he's got a lot of problems that he makes excuses for. Um, but Kill Tony is one of my favorite podcasts. Tony Hinchcliffe is an amazing comic. I've seen Red Band and Tony and, you know, Jason Tebow, Sam Tripoli, Ari Shafir, Joe Rogan. I've seen all these comics live. I spend all kinds of money, you know, uh, Tom Segura, Christina Pazitsky. I love all the shows. But as far as, like, the the uber fan people that think that they're entitled to act a certain way, uh, I don't give a shit about that. So when I was, you know, I don't remember everything I said. I don't, I don't listen and watch, uh, my last episodes. Um, uh, but I know I went off on, on that shit and I don't apologize for anything I said, but I do want to clarify that I am a huge fan of all of the quote unquote death squad comedians and quote unquote death squad podcasts or podcasts 
that started at Death Squad. Um, like Irish Fear Skeptic Tank, your mom's house. Uh, Red Band used to produce the Joe Rogan Experience, was never part of the Death Squad network, even though the name Death Squad originated with Joe Rogan and then was later co-opted by Red Band. I'm nothing against Red Band at all. I love Red Band. Um, and if he wanted to listen to my criticisms on how, how I think he could be better, which would be an easy fix for a lot of the issues he has. So let me just say the issues real quick. Let me just get it all out there. And I do love Red Band. I do love Red Band. But being a podcast producer myself uh, and just understanding how the technology works myself, you know, like I have a feeling I know a lot more about a lot of technology than probably Red Band does. Maybe, maybe not, or maybe different. Maybe I know different stuff. Uh, but there's issues I have. And the main issue I have, which is one of the, you know, the only podcast that he's still producing is uh, uh, Kill Tony, which is filmed and I'm recorded on a, a live in front of a live audience at the comedy store. And I don't know exactly how he has a setup working i don't know you know i have an idea of how he has everything running but i don't know for sure but i do know there's a lot of audio issues with that podcast and one of the things that i found extremely surprising is that tony tony hinchcliffe the, the comedian that's the host of the show his name is on the show uh i'm surprised that he allowed it for so long i mean it seems now that anytime there's audio issues he gives red band shit and red band seems to have an excuse for everything uh but it was surprising that tony waited many years before it seemed like he gave a shit so you know there's first off there's multiple mics and there's always especially with the guests there's always a mic until recently, I think the audio's gotten a lot better. And maybe because I'm just listening to it on headphones instead of, uh, you know, on my TV. But even with my headphones, it's definitely gotten a lot better. Uh, but there were times back in the worst days. Now it's a lot better. So I don't, I don't necessarily have any criticisms with Red Band um, for the most part. I think most of the time he's, he's, he's got it dialed in. Or whoever's, you know, maybe, maybe uh, somebody's doing sound checks and, and the levels before. But um, while it was happening, it was infuriating, right? Because, like, I know this, it's possible. Like, he always had excuses. Like, oh, we're, you know, we can't do it, you know, whatever. He always had a lot of excuses. And it's like, well, there's a podcast called Doug Loves Movies, which I love as well, even though I have a podcast called Ray Loves Movies, completely different podcast uh, than Doug Loves Movies. Uh, but Douglas movies, you know, he's running multiple mics on stage and audio for that podcast is 99% of the time. It's great. Every once in a while, there's an episode and he's going to different clubs all around the United States. Red Band is in the same club on the same stage, running the same mics every Monday, right? And this is, this is when they're still in the belly room before they went to the main room. And now, you know, 
they they seemed to they were doing kind of switching back and forth and somewhere in there they got their audio issues handled enough but there was always an issue with one of the guests you could never hear them there was always an issue with comics on stage not being able to hear them now i get that comics may not be projecting as much because they're afraid and scared to be projecting um on this live show or whatever but you could still adjust for that you can still bump it up and then there's the soundboard which he uses a cat noise for the end of the one minute you know comics go up they do one minutes of jokes cat sounds they stop if they go over their time he plays a west hollywood bear a bear sound now it's it's turned into like 20 different sound effects uh but it always starts with the cat at the very end and for the longest time the cat sound was super quiet and the bear sound super loud now for me not knowing at all what his setup was one thing i would have said for for sure to to help with your sound problems because i i guarantee he's just looking at dials and just kind of you know set it and forget it i guess or just looking at lights but uh you gotta ha especially if you're on stage like any anytime you're in a live venue and the soundboard is never on stage soundboard is always in the back of the room or if you go to a concert it's kind of like you know halfway but it's always out in the crowd because you want to hear what it sounds like for them he's on stage so that's a problem he has two boards running he has his board and then there's the main board. That's a problem. One thing you got to do, you got to show up early. You got to do sound checks just to make sure everything's working. And then when you're on the stage and the show is going, you have to have headphones on. If you don't have headphones on and you're going from just your ear on stage to mix a, a show with like, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven to eight mics, maybe. Like, you have a problem if you're not having headphones and you're just kind of guessing, right? So that's an issue. Wear headphones, then you can, oh, I can't hear Dom Herrera. Let me turn up his mic so I can hear him. Because if I can't hear him with headphones in, then the people that are going to be listening in headphones later aren't going to be able to listen to it. Or, if I'm listening on headphones and, oh, the West Hollywood Bear is blowing my ears out, oh, that's going to blow the ears out of people listening to it later. So wearing headphones, number one thing I would have said, maybe start doing that, okay? And number two, prep your audio, man. You use the same cat and same fucking bear every time. Use a, a custom, you know, there's tons of iPad apps. I've used them with soundboards where you can, you can upload your custom sounds upload those two sounds your main two sounds and audio correct them make sure they're at the same level and then you're done you have to never have to worry about it you never have to you know adjust audio if that's what he's doing to uh so it can all be heard i don't know exactly what he's doing but if he just wore headphones and then did a little pre-production on his on his soundboard there would be no issues. There would be no, there'd be like the majority of the huge issues that he's had would have been gone. Right. And the only other problem I've had with Red Band is turnover time, 
which is turnover time used to be like, I, I think it's a lot better now, but it used to be like a week or two. Um, and that was ridiculous. Like, I don't give a fuck if you're doing video and audio or whatever. Like, there's no way that should take a week. You know, you should, because I've done it. I know because I've literally done it to where I did all the same stuff, broadcasting live, recording all that shit. And I can, and I, the turnover time I, I had done, I had it dialed into, I could have everything turned over, uploaded and ready to go on YouTube, Vimeo, iTunes, Stitcher, everything with, within one or two hours after recording. One or two hours instead of one or two weeks. You know, where, you know, like, <clears throat> I hear a lot of excuses. Anytime I hear excuses with anything that I have experience with, it's like, it's the most infuriating thing. Like, uh, I used to sell electronics for a decade. I sold electronics. So anytime anybody has their their just random theories on how things work or how, tech, you know, their new electronic devices work or what they can do or uh, why something is the way it is. And they just, they're easily making it up because I can tell they're making it up because it doesn't make any fucking sense. But it sounds good enough to where somebody doesn't know anything is going to believe this retard, right? So that's uh, not to say that Red Band does that a lot, but there's definitely times he makes excuses where it's bullshit. You know, it's like you can't, you can't make excuses for feedback because one microphone is down when all the other microphones are like easily here. Like one more mic isn't going to cause that issue. Right. And if it is, maybe change the type of mic you're using. If it really is an issue, which it shouldn't be, it's, it's guaranteed. It's just, it's a mixing issue, but whatever, you know, I'm not, it's never, never was enough for me to like, write emails and was like this is how you need to do it because i don't know how he has a setup i'm just going based on how i might set it up and seeing the types of equipment that he uses but uh i mean it could be just a setup issue too but for sure there's easy things he could do to just avoid whatever problems he's having um but i love kill tony i still despite the years of bad audio i i stayed with it and I'm still a fan of it. And, you know, it's one of the shows that I, I look forward to every week. Um, and I have a lot of respect for Red Band. I make excuses for some of my shit, too. He makes excuses for some of his shit. I just, you know, I in my head, it's like I give him shit. I'm highly critical because it's a show that I love. And it's, a sh and it's, and it's issues that I know can be fixed. But, you know, it's some people don't want to fix issues. Some people have lived a life, and I'm not saying red bands like that, but there are people like this that go through life where shit happens to them all the time, like bad things happen to them, and instead of taking responsibility for it and fixing those issues, they just kind of are content with making the excuses. You know? Like somebody who drinks a lot and falls down all the time, you know, and he's just he's just fine with like, Oh, I just drink a lot. It was like, yeah, motherfucker, you drink a lot, but you can't handle your booze. Okay. I drink a lot. I don't fall down all the time. Okay. Now you may have your excuses. You'd be like, okay, well, you know, there's this reason why I do is there's that reason. It's like, okay. So you're, you're content with just falling down all the time and things happening to you, you getting hurt. 
because you fall down all the time. You're content with that. You'd rather, instead of changing small things in your life so you don't fall down all the time, you'd rather just be content with the excuse of this is how I am and that's what it is. It's like, no. Humans are fucking malleable, bitch. Change. If every day you, you're doing paperwork and you get your hands cut up with paper cuts every day, you're not just going to make excuses and be like, well, this is my life. You wear fucking gloves, right? You change something. You fix the issue. You have sound issues every episode. You fix the fucking issue. Whatever. You know, people like to make excuses for shit. I'm sure there's tons of shit I do or make excuses for, right? But the things that I care about, that I'm passionate about, I try to fix. If I have audio issues, I try to fix it. If I have video issues, I try to fix it, right? That's all I try and do. That's what you do as a producer. You're fixing shit more than anything. If, if producing, if nothing ever went wrong, you just set it up once and you're done. But shit goes bad all the time. Things break. Constant maintenance. Cars. Constant maintenance. Human bodies. Constant maintenance. Show production. Constant maintenance. You know? So it's whatever. I have a lot of respect for them. But I hate the fucking people that don't have their name on their Twitter account. They don't have their picture on their Twitter account. Right? They have this overused hashtag name and then they 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 want to tell me what's creative they want to tell me what's original you know it's i don't have any i don't have any patience for them right if red band came at me saying you know originality i have a lot more respect for red band because he does shit i don't have respect for somebody that i don't necessarily know who the fuck it is right i may have ideas who it is and if I'm right about those ideas, I still don't give a fuck because then I know you are a troll. But if you're just this, you know, regular guy that's got no originality in his life and it's just like, you know, fucking comes every time, you know, a, a fucking podcast comes out on Death Squad or some shit. Even if they, I don't even know if they, like, I don't know anything about them. But don't come at me with your fucking generically overused label of of people that have shown to be assholes that's the one thing i love red band but as far as like cultivating a group of people that think being an asshole is funny just in general life you can go fuck yourself so i wanted to clarify that you know that i do love death squad i'm a fan of shows i'm a fan of these comics i've done work for a lot of these comics you know it's it's not like I you know I respect that as far as their fans that has nothing to do with me that motherfucker didn't have inspired disorder and then the city that he's in okay if you're if you're like a fan of the work I do then I'm gonna treat you different but if you come at me clearly being a fan of somebody else coming from a group of people that historically have been assholes to me or have tried to Literally tried to take money out of my, my fucking account. Take work away from... I would not be surprised if this asshole tries to, you know, give me a bad name in, in the community of comedians or whatever. Whether he's able to or not, I would not be surprised at the attempt. Uh, 
because it's just it's just weak. They're weak humans. They have nothing else in their life. Um, and I, it's, it makes me sad. It makes me sad that um, that's what they do. They have nothing, so they want to be assholes. Whatever. And you can't just like, you can't say you respect the work I do and then criticize the work I do. It doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. Like, if I'm going to criticize Red Band, first off, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go on Twitter and be like, Red Band, I, I respect all the work you do, but, man, you know, the name of your show is kind of, it reminds me of this other show done by this other comedian. So, is the show anything the same? Is that is that really constructive? And then it's like the example you give is the Joe Rogan experience. Motherfucker, Joe Rogan stole that. Jimi Hendrix experience. So fuck you. Yeah, you know. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna talk shit, make sure you know something. Just know something about what you're talk, talking shit about. Like I'm not gonna talk shit about uh fucking like sound. I know sound, I know video, I know editing, I know podcasts, how that shit's set up. I know I know a lot of things. I feel very comfortable talking shit about those things. Um, I'm not going to talk shit about how how somebody that like skateboarding technique. I don't know. I used to ride a skateboard when I was young, but I don't know enough about it to like fucking give somebody my two cents and start off by like I res I respect your skateboarding ability, but let me tell you as somebody that has zero experience in this how. I would change what you're doing. No. No. I'm done with that. You should you should be if that's kind of the mentality you have, you're you're destined for management. Middle management. Sure. You know, whatever. That's it. I'm done. My voice is almost gone. Um I've recorded enough. This is early retirement. My name is Ray Taylor. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh under my name Ray Taylor. Uh, InspiredDisorder.com is my website. That's where you can go buy some of my artwork. One of the ways I make money. Um, if you're in need of a t-shirt design or web design or any kind of uh, creative design work, I uh, do that freelance. And then also um, Patreon. Go to Patreon.com slash InspiredDisorder. Donate a dollar. It's one dollar a month. It's a monthly donation. Twelve dollars a year is very little money to be donating to me uh you know show your appreciation show that you give a fuck about an artist um really trying to make his name in the art world uh and uh, get away from the day job thing like, that was one of the things one of the most depressing things um that i saw happen or i didn't see happen i guess you could say was support you know like uh when you think you have a, a big community of people around you that you also think support you and what you do, and then you make a big change in your life, uh, which I made on my own. I didn't do it because um, of them, but I thought because of them, I would be more successful at it um, or have more opportunity for success. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of people that if they quit their day job and sold their home, and uh, decided to go full-time uh, with their creative endeavors of artwork and podcasting. 
uh, I would do a lot to help support them. I would buy their merch. I would donate to their Patreon, uh, as I've done to many podcast, many podcasts. I've done to many comedians. Um, if there's somebody out there that's trying to make their way in their art form, and there's a way I can support them uh, with small monetary supplements, I will do that. Uh, I have no problem doing that. I'm not trying to say that I'm a better person than other people. I think most people would do that. Um, but what I saw was none of that. Uh, I mean, definitely, uh, there's a few people that definitely bought shirts, definitely bought some artwork, um, and have donated to the Patreon, uh, which is a small percentage of people out of the large majority that I thought were part of my community. Um, but I found out that they weren't. And, you know, it was a very eye-opening experience seeing the just utter lack of support. And I'm not just saying, like, support as in, you know, buy my shit. I mean, for sure buy my shit, but, you know, you can retweet a motherfucker. You know, you can, you can be like, yo, this dude makes cool shit. Check it out. Some people do that. It's usually the people that also buy my shit, but there's a huge amount of people that uh pretended to be friendly or friends or quasi family uh that just disappeared just a lot of people just disappeared and um yeah and a lot of those people would have had Desquad in their name or Desquad in their either their name or in their bio. Um, so, and, or, or people that, you know, I, I spent all of my time promoting with the Inspired Disorder Collective uh, for free, by the way. I didn't charge any, I made no money from that. Um, and I promoted a bunch of shows, which I was very proud to do because I loved, I was inspired by them taking the initiative to start doing that, right? Inspired me to take the initiative to follow my dreams. And then a lot of those people that I helped, you know, with help them discover their dreams or discover that they may not want to be podcasters, I discovered that a, not all of them, but the majority, by far the majority of people that were part of the Inspired Disorder Collective they were part of the 24-hour podcast, the two different 24-hour podcasts. They were part of kind of this online community of people. The majority of them disappeared. So now I know. Now I know where how fake a lot of these people were. And, um, yeah, I have no desire to ever be, you know, unless it's like people that I tr truly know. Um, I have no desire whatsoever to work with any random online person to help them start podcasting, uh, to start a, a podcast collective to help promote every single episode that they release. Um, I have no desire. I'm not spending one more second of my life 
to help support just some random person that, I mean, I'll probably help people out. I mean, I can't help it, but I'm, I'm not going to go through the extent and the time I spent and the energy I spent and the love and care that I spent uh, to help promote all these people uh, just to be, just to have them disappear when it's convenient for them to just stop giving a fuck. Um, so anyway, that's the disappointing part of, um, meeting people online. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot of people that like acted one way at the beginning and then showed very true hateful colors towards the end. Um, and just because I met somebody and we hung out once, uh, doesn't necessarily mean, uh, I know you doesn't necessarily mean I trust you. I'm very selective who I let into my very close circle uh, because I have been treated like shit by many people throughout my life. Um, so it's like, and I have no problem. I have no problem letting people go. I have no problem. If I never talked, like Keith, I love Keith. Keith's never going anywhere. Mish, she's fucking for life, you know? There's a few people that are like good people. Like I've never met Mish in person. I've had conversations with her and, you know, she's definitely shown to be an amazing person. There's a handful of people like Mish out there, but there's a majority of the people that I met who are not like Mish, who are not like Keith, who are selfish, who are hateful, who only give a fuck about whatever bullshit they think is important at any given moment and have done nothing to uh, promote or or, you know, show some shine uh, to somebody who's trying to do something special. Um, and it's been noted. And I don't, I don't need a bunch of people in my life, right? I don't need a bunch of people in my life. I've got enough people. I don't need fake people in my life. There's a lot of fake people. If I only know you by a fake name, I don't know you. We are not friends. If I know you by some moniker and I don't know you by your real name, maybe I know your real name, but I don't, I don't go by your real name. Sorry. I, I can't say that I know you. I can't say that I know you. I can't say that we're friends. I care about you because I care about people. But, you know, I'm not bending my back for anybody. Because I don't, don't try, like if, if I don't know you, if I'm not going by your fucking real name ever, go buy some fucking your Twitter handle? I don't know you. I don't fucking know you. My name is my Twitter handle. I am who I am. I don't pretend to be a fake person. I don't pretend to be doing any of these things. I do something because I want to do it because I care about it. I'm not doing stuff because I think it's going to give me something in the, the long run. Right? And, you know, when I think there's a bunch of people that support you, that support me, support what I'm doing, you know, the the blinds have been open i see the reality of how it all is and uh it's been noted i've learned from it i've learned from it just because a lot of people follow you on twitter doesn't mean shit it's because a lot of people retweet your shit doesn't mean shit because at the end of the day when the shit hits the fan i know who's going to be there and i know who's not now i do i know who's going to be there and i know who's not going to be there and i know a lot of people who are not going to be there. So am I going to waste my time being there for them? I'm good. 
I don't have that time anymore. I, at this point, my time in, on this world right now is just trying to survive. Okay? So taking time out of my day to help you do all of your shit, take care of your life, help you with your life, not my responsibility. I'm done. You need a parent, call your parent. You need a friend, call a friend. I'm not your parent. I'm not your friend. Sorry. Deal with it. It's life. It's life. Cry me a river. Boo-hoo. Fuck you. Um, and if anybody has any criticism for me, feel free to shove it right up your ass. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, that's it, everybody. I'm for real done now. Uh, go buy some of my work. Go donate on Patreon. Do all those things. But for the most part, have a great week. This is Wednesday. Have a good weekend. Be nice to people. Hey, man. And if somebody's like trying to do something special, trying to follow their dreams, support somebody. Support the people trying to follow their dreams. Right? And if it's like, I'm not going to donate to a Patreon who's somebody that just has a full time job. Like, that's not Patreon worthy. But if they're trying to follow their dreams and trying to, you know, become a musician, trying to actually become a comedian, like, it's one thing to say, oh, my dream is to be a comic, and I've done, like, 10 open mics in the last year. Okay, you want to be, be a comic, but you're not doing the work. If you're doing the work, I respect you doing the work. But if you're just trying to get a label, that's different. Like, oh, I'm a podcaster. Oh, yeah? How often do you do it? Oh, well, you know, it's been a year. I used to do one every month or two. But I'm a podcaster. It's like, no, you're not. You're just a person that used to podcast. You're not a comic if you've done, like, 10 open mics in the last two years. You're just somebody that, you know, goes up and does open mics every once in a while. Whatever. It's my opinion. I'm out. Have a great week. Peace.